It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Greetings, Ram fans. This is Rams Up, your podcast dedicated to the Los Angeles Rams. We offer insights, analysis, and opinions on the LA Rams, with a sprinkling of coverage on other SoCal sports teams, college and pro. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Rams Up. You can visit our website at ramsup.com. And you can send us an email at Rams up podcast at gmail. Thank you for giving us a listen. Let's get this started. Episode 6, March 22nd, 2021. Lots of good stuff to talk about. At the front end, we'll be talking about all the free agency movement. Lots of players leaving a few stand, and the Rams signed Deshaun Jackson. That's probably the biggest news of the week from the Rams' perspective. We'll also have our four questions segment. Check that out. We got a, I think we have four really good ones this week. And our positional analysis, we'll be looking at the Rams defensive line. And we'll also have our sports pet peeve of the week. Before we get started, I wanted to give a shout out to the USC and UCLA basketball teams, two of four Pac 12 teams to advance to the Sweet 16. Wonderful job of representing Los Angeles. The Pac-12, by the way, is 10-1 in this tournament, including Oregon's win by default over VCU. This has really been an incredible showing. 
by USC and UCLA. We'll be pulling for them into the next round, that's for sure. Now, let's get back to some football. focuses this week has to be free agency. And for the Rams, it's sort of like reading a casualty report. This wasn't entirely unexpected, but there was a couple of items of good news. Let's go down the list real quickly of the guys moving on. Samson Ebukam, he's moving over to the Niners, which is interesting. They've seen plenty of Samson, and he's one of those guys that flashes occasionally but generally he's just more of a reliable guy, uh, a rotational guy, again, occasionally productive. I don't think this is a big loss for the Rams. It'll be interesting to see how the 49ers use him and if they can get more out of him than the occasional splash games. If you remember the the Ram-Chief game, that, that game of the century at the Coliseum, Samson had a giant game. John Johnson moving on to the Browns. Hate to see this guy go, but it was pretty much expected, I think. I think we all knew the Rams were going to be able to spend the money to keep this guy, and I don't I think that's a wise decision on their part given that the safety position is one of their deepest. The Browns also snatched up our cornerback Troy Hill. We're getting a little thin at that cornerback spot. We retained Darius Williams. Jalen Ramsey returns. Those are two studs. After that, David Long, is he the guy to slip into the slot now? Or are they going to have to prioritize cornerback in the draft? I'm just not comfortable with the depth they have now. Maybe Burgess can play a little cornerback as well. Definitely in the slot. But I'm a little concerned about the lack of depth there. The Rams also lost Gerald Everett to another divisional foe, Seattle. And Everett's very similar to Ebicom in that Occasional games where he just flashes and he just looks like a dynamite player. I've always loved him and I, I've always questioned why the Rams didn't get the ball to him more. I don't know if that was scheme on the quarterback. I think of Everett as a real playmaker at that tight end position. Just never got the number of targets that you would have hoped he would get. That may change in Seattle. We'll have to see. Jake McQuaid, the long snapper, moves on to Dallas to a reunion with Greg the Leg and Coach Fassel. Rams have two long snappers on the roster. They added them, actually one of them, late last season and another one in the offseason. So they must have saw this coming. Malcolm Brown moves on to Miami. Again, another expected loss. Malcolm was our reliable, solid guy that you You'd get him the ball late in the game when you're just trying to avoid turnovers. Probably the most reliable, dependable back the Rams had, although he did have some chinks in his armor last season, which were very surprising, but probably may have sealed his fate as far as his future here in Los Angeles. Rams are well-stocked at running back. I'm not too concerned about that. Morgan Fox, the defensive end, 
moves on to Carolina. He was a great rotational guy. I hate to see him go. What makes it even more painful, however, is that Michael Brockers, another defensive end, was traded to the Lions for a 2023 seventh round pick. So this is as much a salary dump as it is a trade. And that leaves us a little bit shaky at that defensive end position. We'll talk about that a little bit later. The good news, Johnny Munt retained as a tight end for the Rams. That means that with a loss of Everett, we have Higby, Bryson Hopkins, a promising second-year player, and Munt coming back. I think Hopkins, from what I've seen, has a potential to replace Everett and perhaps even surpass his productivity. So that could be a good thing. Rams continue to draft well, but we need to see Hopkins on the field to find out for sure about that. And probably, save the best for last, the Rams were able to retain Leonard Floyd. Four years, $64 million. So that reduces the need for that edge rusher. The Rams have Floyd and uh, Terrell Lewis, who they're trying to develop. If Lewis can stay healthy, Oko's coming back. So they could be uh, in pretty good shape there. Oko's not really a pure edge rusher guy, but if he's your third deep guy, I'm okay with that. We just learned Josh Reynolds will be signing with the Titans, but Austin Blythe still remains available. Not sure what the plans are, but I would love to see Blythe back for sure. Bringing Blythe back would remove a lot of uncertainty as far as offensive line goes, that's for sure. In fact, I would argue that our offensive line would be set for this year, at least. The only remaining question would be who's replacing Witt when he does retire. But I like that stable of offensive linemen we have, especially if Blythe is brought back. Some other signings that should be of interest to Ram fans. Shaquille Griffin has left Seattle. On his good days, he was the Seahawks' best corner. He's with Jacksonville now. The Niners retained Jason Verrett. This guy's a monster at the cornerback position. Gave the Rams receivers fits. I was hoping he would move on somewhere else. John Ross, the speed receiver. Some Ram fans had been throwing around his name as that vertical threat we need. He was signed by the Giants, Marvin Jones, Matthew Stafford's running mate in Detroit. He signed with Jacksonville. And Kenny Galladay, the other line receiver, very productive guy, more productive than Jones over the last couple years. He has signed with the Giants. He's a guy that I think um, I thought the Rams might have made a run at. Not sure if he would have been affordable, but he would have definitely been a great addition for the Rams if they could have figured it out. But one thing the Rams did figure out is getting Deshaun Jackson on board. He was signed Sunday, and as I mentioned in the opening, he should fill that need for a vertical threat. Is he a long-term solution? No. An immediate solution? Yes. So it's exciting to have him on board. He's been held back by injuries recently. If he can come back healthy, that's going to be a big plus for the Rams' offense. Does that answer the question for them completely? I'm not sure. I could still see them looking for a speed receiver in the upcoming NFL draft. 
Another interesting note is that the Cards and the Niners both signed very good centers. Alex Mack being signed by the Niners, Rodney Hudson actually traded to the Cards from the Raiders. What does that mean? It means that these teams are desperate to find a way to stop that Rams defensive line, which makes it even more important that the Rams find the bodies to replace Fox and Brockers. I'll talk about that a little bit later. That's a roundup on the free agency situation as we sit today. The other related news, Les Snead spent the week restructuring contracts that's still in the works. We haven't seen all of the fallout from that. The end result appears to be the Rams will be underneath the cap, but we do not know how much cash they have left to spend. They'll obviously need some money to sign their draft picks. It would be nice if some additional restructuring would allow them to go out and get a couple players to fill these emerging holes in their roster. But we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, Les can be a magician, and he's working some of his magic as we speak. We expect some additional news on this in the coming week or two. For our four questions segment, our fourth one's a doozy. Encourage you to stick around for that. Let's get the first three out of the way. Question one is Matt Gay, the Rams kicker of the future. I say a hearty yes to that one. He really brought in and added some stability to that position. It had been a real concern for a team hoping to get to the Super Bowl. Very unstable at kicker until he came along. Also kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone on a regular basis. So I think he's a keeper. I think he's going to be with us for a while. Question number two. What do I believe are the Rams' biggest needs at this moment? I identified three. Prior to Sunday, I would have included a vertical threat on the outside. Uh, That appears to be answered with the signing of Deshaun Jackson. So the positions I think the Rams need to focus on at this point, their areas of need are the interior offensive line, specifically center. The second thing they need to address is cornerback. Maybe David Long is that guy that can uh, fill that void created by the departure of Troy Hill, but I still think they're a little thin at that position and they need to add a body or two. If nothing changes between now and the NFL draft, I expect the Rams to draft at least one cornerback. Next up is defensive end. Lost two guys in this past week, Michael Brockers and Morgan Fox. The defensive line has been rock solid for years, and we got to keep it that way. And right now, I don't think it is. We obviously got some super talented guys on that unit, but... The defensive end position is one of concern right now. Aaron Donald cannot play everywhere. Actually, he can. Question number three, who is going to play free safety next to Jordan Fuller? Assuming Jordan is the strong safety, and a lot of people will say that 
It's really hard to distinguish between those two spots. I'm just going by the depth chart here. They got Fuller as a strong safety. Johnson was our free safety. Who's going to fill that void? Right now, I'm going with Taylor Rapp. I know he's had some blunders back there. Maybe the Rams coaching staff has lost some confidence in him. He's also battled some injuries. But the guy just has a nose for the ball. He showed that in college, and he showed that briefly in the NFL during his rookie year. I'm hoping he comes back, and I'm hoping he's the guy back there because if he plays to the level that I think he can alongside Fuller, maybe then you'll start to understand why re-signing John Johnson was not a priority for the Rams. And number four, who are the top 10 Ram players right now? Who are our most talented 10 players? Someone asked me this recently, and I came up with my list. I'm going to blast through this pretty quickly. And I'll be done with it. Be a good point of discussion for the rest of you. Here we go. And I'm going to start at the top because if I started at the bottom, by the time we got to the top, you'd probably stop listening because we know who's up there. Number 10, Sebastian Joseph Day. Yes, he really started to shine. And I think he's a pro ball talent. Just not getting the recognition. Maybe he will this year. I had two guys tied at 8th, 8th and ninth spot together. I could not separate them. Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Number 7, Cam Akers. Number 6, Darius Williams. Number 5, Leonard Floyd. Number 4, Andrew Whitworth. I suspect Andrew may slide a little bit by the end of the year. He's starting to get up there in, in years. He did have some uncharacteristic penalties last year, more than we're accustomed to. But I still got him at number four up there. Number three, Matthew Stafford. And who might be at the top? If you don't know, you are probably listening to the wrong podcast. Number two, Jalen Ramsey. And number one, Aaron Donald. I got two guys honorable mention. One is Jordan Fuller. And another is Johnny Hecker. Hecker, in years past, I would have had him on this list. But as I argued with someone on Twitter this past week, Hecker had an off year. He probably wasn't even a top 15 punter. So just going by current performance, going by their most recent performance, Hecker sliding, guys like Fuller, Joseph Day are rising. So that's my top 10. I'm going to leave it at that. If you have any problems with it, send me an email. and Maybe we'll talk about it some more next week. for our sports pet peeve of the week. Now, this one is going to come off more like a rant than a pet peeve, and so be it. I am so tired of hearing that Los Angeles is not a good football town, specifically a good NFL town. Now, in some respects, that may be true. It may be true that 
the entirety of metropolitan Los Angeles is not populated by L.A. Ram fans. It's just the nature of the beast, though. Los Angeles is not Pittsburgh, obviously. Los Angeles is not Green Bay. You are going to find fans for virtually every NFL team in Los Angeles. Thousands and thousands of them. Try this, for example. See how many Steeler bars you can find in Cleveland. See how many Ram bars you can find in Pittsburgh. Then try the same in Los Angeles. You're not only going to find a Steeler bar in Los Angeles, you're going to find a list of the top 10 Steeler bars. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually a really cool thing and something that as Angelinos, we need to embrace. I think Stan Kroenke realized this, that that he can host a Denver-Los Angeles football game in the Coliseum or SoFi. The Rams could be 4-5, and five, and the Broncos could be 3-6, and six, and that game will attract 40,000 Bronco fans. So to say that L.A. is not a good football town, what you really need to realize is that it's just a different football town. It's a melting pot of NFL fans from all over the country, and it's not a bad thing. As far as attendance goes, in 2019, the Rams were 8th in NFL attendance at home games. 8th out of 32 teams. And people are going to say, well, you're attracting a lot of fans for the opposition team. True. One of the reasons for that is the same thing that the Chargers experienced when they were in San Diego. They have a very similar situation, fans from all over the country. Is that if you're an Eagle fan living in Los Angeles, the Eagles will come to town once every six years. It usually ends up being more than that based on how the scheduling works out. And then there's a potential for Ram-Eagle playoff games hosted by the Rams here in Los Angeles. If you're a Bronco fan, it's going to be once every eight years. You think you're going to buy a ticket to those games if you're a Bronco or Eagle fan? Absolutely. You're going to be more excited about that game than your typical Ram fan because it's your one shot in three, four, five, six, seven, eight years to see your team. So they're going to show up en masse. Does that mean that there's more Eagle fans in Los Angeles than Ram fans? Absolutely not. That's just silly. As evidence of that, I went to three Ram games over a 20-year period. One, I flew to St. Louis to see them play, hosted Carolina. And I went to see them in San Diego. Eight years apart, the two times the Rams came to play the Chargers. And I wasn't alone. Another thing that's overstated by the media and by fans is the number of fans for opposition teams at a given game. I've been to games. I know other people that have been to Ram games. And yeah, certainly there's fans for the opposition team, but the camera seems to be attracted to them. From what I have seen, they have never outnumbered Ram fans at any game. So just wanted to get that off my chest. Los Angeles is a great football town. It's just a different football town.
For our positional analysis this week, let's take a look at the Rams' defensive line. If you had asked me a couple weeks ago, I would have said they're good to go. They got six guys across the front that are proven players, a couple of elite players. Between the nose tackles, Sebastian Joseph Day and Greg Gaines at defensive tackle, Aaron Donald and Ashawn Robinson, defensive end, Michael Brockers and Morgan Fox. A couple of younger guys, Eric Banks, Jonah Williams. They look pretty good. They look set. No concerns whatsoever. Then last week happened. The Rams were unable to retain Morgan Fox. He left for Carolina. And the Rams tried to restructure Michael Brockers. That did not go the way they had hoped. Brockers was traded to Detroit. And suddenly we have a void at defensive end. I'm not going to try to make any predictions on how the Rams will respond to that. I think they need to bring a couple of guys in, whether it's some bargain free agents or spend early and maybe even an additional late round draft pick on the defensive line. It's hard to say, though. We're, we're not sure. At least I'm not certain what type of defensive front the new Defensive coordinator Raheem Morris is going to try to implement. I don't know what Jonah Williams and Eric Banks bring to the table, along with Maurice Copeland and Michael Hoke, the other guys along the defensive line that are on the roster. So what I will tell you is it's an area of concern for me. Should be for all Ram fans. As I mentioned earlier, defensive line has been a strength of this team for years, and I think it's imperative that it stay that way. So for that reason, look for the Rams to use one of those mid-round draft picks on a defensive end, and I expect a slew of undrafted free agents to come in at that position as well. As the draft gets closer, I will try to do a better job of identifying potential draft picks. It's going to take some research. Too much happening in free agency this week to get that done, but before the draft, we certainly will. That's going to do it for this episode. Look for us next week. We'll have another positional analysis and an update on free agency moves across the NFL. And we will, of course, reevaluate the Rams' needs. Reach out to us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com for feedback or input. And follow us on Twitter at ramsuppodcast. And lastly, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.